Hey, uh, welcome back to another episode of Cowboy with the Cowboys of Dixie. Today we have free range fairy tale family. How's it going? Yes, good. Hi from California. <laughs> so then, um, tell us a little bit about yourselves, who you who you guys are, um, and a little bit about Wayland's story. Sure. Okay. Well, my name is Kara, and it kind of started. Uh, my Instagram kind of started with just taking pictures of my daughter. So it was a few years ago. Um, she was always out with the horses and I like to take pictures. So it kind of just merged into something that I did for fun. But for the first few years, I never showed her face. It was always the back of her or, you know, just from an angle where you couldn't see her face. Um, that went on for a couple years and I just enjoyed taking pictures. And that's kind of where that started. And then here comes Waylon. And we are just blindsided by his um, heart diagnosis, basically. And so at that point, I kind of felt like I needed to put a face to his condition. And it just kind of merged into showing both the kids with kind of their cowboy lifestyle, as well as incorporating what we've gone through as far as Waylon's whole journey. Um, you know, I had a very normal pregnancy everything went well. And then about three days after he was born, we were blindsided with a diagnosis of a heart condition called Tetralogy of Fallow, which is basically four defects that make one giant defect. And so, you know, you're sitting there with your little baby and you think everything's going great. You're about to get discharged from the hospital and um, a nurse kind of let it slip that, oh, the cardiologist needs to talk to you. And it was like, wait a second, <laughs> they don't come talk to you to tell you that everything's normal. So, you know, we're sitting there and they're telling us that he's got this major heart condition and he's going to need open heart surgery. Um, you know, they also mentioned that the snowboarder, Sean White, has the same condition, but it took a long time for them to get to that. So you're not really sure what you're hearing um, as far as what's going to happen. And so, you know, we follow the cardiologist's rules. They send us home and tell us, OK, here's your little baby. Don't let him get sick and don't let him cry and we'll see you every few weeks. So you're sent home with what feels like a little grenade. And I mean, how do you keep a baby from crying? It's impossible. So I was just a complete nervous wreck. I mean, my poor daughter, we had to pull her out of everything. And basically how everyone's living now kind of on house arrest, that's what we had to do for the first six months of Waylon's life. Um, so this kind of brought back a lot of germ PTSD, <laughs> you know, we were so worried about getting sick. So all we did was spend time with our horses. My husband did all the grocery shopping. Um, we had to pull my daughter out of daycare at the time. She couldn't do dance. She couldn't go to rodeo. She couldn't do anything. We just had to live in our, you know, little bubble. Um, but for us, the horses were always our escape. And so, you know, we'd go outside with them and kind of feel a little bit normal. So fast forward, you know, a few months and the cardiologist tells us, okay, it's time for Wayland surgery. Um, and, you know, there's not really anything that can prepare you for sending your kid off to something that you know is extremely dangerous uh, and scary. But luckily, I mean, he is such a warrior. Uh, he got through it so gracefully. I mean, he went in on a Monday and we were home by Friday afternoon. And I mean, he had complete open heart surgery. So they opened his chest, repaired um, a hole in his heart and his lung valve is actually too narrow. So he doesn't get enough oxygen, which is what they told us at the beginning that, you know, 
watch out. He might turn blue one day. And if he does put his knees to his chest, call 911. It's going to be an emergency surgery at that point. Um, but we got through it. And so they couldn't stretch his lung valve. So he has a little patch on it, which one day he's going to outgrow. And so we see the cardiologist now once a year um, to kind of monitor things. And it's kind of another wait and see for the next surgery. And they're guessing that he's going to outgrow this patch on his valve, probably um, end of elementary school, beginning of junior high. But I mean, if you didn't see his zipper scar down his chest, you would never know. I mean, he is full on, full blast. Nothing slows him down. I mean, he is just a cowboy, like cowboy to the core. Most of the time, I feel like he was born in the wrong century. Like he just loves old Westerns. And, you know, he always has a rope in his hand and he's just always outside running amok and, you know, riding his ponies off into the sunset, <laughs> you know, whatever he could do, he's doing. And he just kind of really picked up this whole cowboy lifestyle. Um, I mean, I grew up around horses and his dad grew up around horses, but his dad's kind of more into dirt bikes and stuff. So I think that he had hoped, you know, he'd have something, a kid riding dirt bikes and he always teases us that his hobbies, we don't, he doesn't have to feed. And, you know, we got all of our horses that need, need attention constantly. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of how long story less long, I guess, kind of how things started. And um, so a lot of it just kind of adapted into my Instagram. And then also we have a Facebook page called the warrior way, which has mostly been just Wayland's journey. Um, it started out because I had so many people asking me questions about how he was doing and, you know, what was next for our family. And so I kind of just started it as a way to update everyone. And then we just got more and more followers and people were so interested in him, not only just on the heart condition, but kind of living as a cowboy as well. And so I get a lot of people that connect to us because of their kids are going through similar situations as far as their heart goes. Um, so it's really nice to talk to a lot of families that reach out uh, just because you feel so alone when you get kind of a life altering diagnosis for your child. And I didn't know anyone that had any kids with heart conditions. And so I kind of found this little community on Facebook. And then now I make a point to talk to other parents who are recently diagnosed. And I get so many of them that follow our story and see like, OK, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like our kids can live normal lives and, you know, they still can be out there keeping up with kids in the rodeo arena or whatever it is that they choose to do. So I get a lot of those type of followers. And then I also have a lot of people who kind of relate to their childhood when they see Waylon with the ponies or, you know, roping and it just kind of brings them back to the way they grew up and how, you know, they kind of wish their kids got to do it or their grandkids. And um, so that's kind of how things have all kind of came about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how old is Waylon right now? He's five. He will turn six next month, in two weeks or so. Okay. Um, and so that's you said something about uh if you didn't see the scar down his down his chest, you would never know about his his condition. And I can't agree with you any more than like exactly what you said. I didn't know I didn't even know about his condition. <laughs> I just saw whenever I whenever I found your page, yeah, I knew he was just this super cool cowboy who was just doing it all, and he was five, and, and he was just fearless. And so that's what like that's what really intrigued me about him before I knew anything about him. 
And so whenever I reached, mm-hmm. to you, reached out to you about the podcast, I had, I didn't even know. I still at that point didn't know until you sent me the, the Facebook page. And I was like, oh, that, yeah. that's what really wanted, made me want to interview you. <laughs> figure out this story because like uh-huh. you would never imagine that he's been through all of that looking at looking at him right yeah. now. And so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, you just never know what people go, what battles they fought. And so that's kind of why I've been so open about what we've gone through. And, you know, he is just a cowboy. Like his heart condition doesn't define him. Being a cowboy is what defines him. If you talk to him, I mean, he knows that he's got stuff going on with his heart. And as he gets older, he kind of asks more questions, which are really hard to answer at times. You know, how much information do you give a five-year-old without scaring them? And he sees that his sister doesn't have a scar on her chest or other kids don't have scars on their chest. He, he'll bring it up at times. And, you know, it's, it's hard because at times I just want to bubble wrap him and protect him from everything. But that's not who he is. I mean, he is going to live life to the fullest and, I have to let him set his own limitations, you know, that's just the way, the way he is. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a cowboy. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking about their granddad who's in his eighties and he still mm-hmm. every morning and goes in ranches and and he and he was like, if, if if anything happened to me and I'm not horseback, like that's when you need to worry about, like if I died happy or if something. Yeah. Happened. So yes, I, exactly. That's exactly how my grandpa was too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's that's just the cowboy spirit of don't bubble wrap me. I'm yeah, like, like and <laughs> a cowboy is gonna survive through anything, and, and especially like a cowboy with the yes. Like it's it's funny he's got a heart condition because he's got one like he's he's got the toughest heart that I've seen. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, he yes he's got the bravest little heart. I mean that's what we always tell him. Like so we started you know the Warrior Way page because they often call kids with heart defects heart warriors, and so it kind of just came about to the Warrior Way, which is totally him. I mean he goes his own way and does things how he wants to do it. Like. I mean, he had learned a rope all by himself. He would not take any direction. I mean, he still doesn't listen to me. If I tell him, you know, your loop's a little too big, it's a little too small, he just knows how it should feel. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's just so natural at it. It's, it's amazing to watch. I mean, we went to a ranch rodeo when he was probably just turned three and he watched the older kids do it, went home, picked up his rope and hasn't stopped since. I mean, he would watch the reruns of the NFR constantly. And next thing you know, he's got a little calf roper loop that he's not in before he gets on his stick horse. And, you know, he just picks up so many little details. And one of the funniest things is you could ask him everybody's roping face. Like if you ask him who he ropes with and uh, to kind of describe the face they make right before they rope, he can do all of our family, all of our friends. And it's like, who even notices stuff like that? So sometimes you'll see him kind of making fun of us that he's got this little funky face and, you can kind of figure out who, which one of us he's kind of imitating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I watched the videos of of him roping, of of him and him and his sister, like them, like training their ponies and yeah, all that. And it's just it's just amazing to see like everything that they that they do. Because so do they do they train their ponies from the ground up? Like they do all the training or 
We do. Yeah. That's, that was a hard thing because, you know, as a parent, you kind of want to get ahead of it and fix their mistakes, but with these little guys, you can't. So I kind of try to guide them, but mostly they do it all, all themselves. And the little buckskin that's in a lot of the videos, that's my daughter's project. And, um, Oh gosh, it's been amazing for her because he, I mean, he's really good, but he, his pony attitude will come out. And so she gets frustrated and then she'll work through it. And it's just so neat to see them accomplish something and how much joy it gives them. And then, you know, their self-esteem because of it. So um, the littlest pony, Winona, she's kind of the one that started it all. Um, I never thought I'd be the person that bought their kids a pony. I mean, my daughter started learning on my old ranch horse, who's probably 16 hands, just a giant. And Waylon came along and we just saw this little sale video of this pony. And it was like, okay, we're getting that. We got to go try that. But you go to try a pony and it's like, I can't get on it. So threw the kids on it. I mean, she's as gentle as could be. And so they've just, they started roping on her and doing everything. And, um, she's kind of what paved the way with our pony thing. And, you know, the amount of things that they've been able to learn from them is amazing. You know, he knows how to rasp their feet. He knows how to pick up their feet and all this stuff that you can just kind of turn your kid loose and not be worried about something dangerous happening. And I feel like it's kind of helped me as well that I'm not, I don't have to micromanage or worry about what he's doing. He can go get his pony and do whatever, you know, with the horses, I always try to supervise because I mean, I probably catch him in the back 40 trying to rope a longhorn or something if I didn't, but the pony is kind of something they can do on their own. Um, but it's, it's been neat. And that's, um, kind of one thing that they've really gotten into. And, you know, sometimes I get some animal rights people that, you know, get on me about the fact that he's riding the pony and that, you know, he's too big for it, or he's got spurs on, or, you know, just all these things are that are one thing is that our pony looks sad. I've gotten lots of comments that our pony looks sad. I'll tell you, that is the most well-loved pony in the entire world. I can assure you she is not sad. She gets so many carrots, so many cookies. She just kind of has like an Eeyore look to her and just kind of looks depressed. I guess I don't even know how to describe it. It's just her face. And so I've had to explain to people like she is not sad. She, you know, obviously most of them have not been around a pony. Had they been around ponies, they would know that a pony is not going to do what it doesn't want to do. And she would buck him off in a second if he went to jam her with her, his spurs. Yeah. So I've explained that to people, you know, that he is learning how to use them respectfully. And that's part of our Western heritage. And if he were to use them, you know, in a way that he shouldn't, either I will get him in trouble or his pony will get him in trouble. You know, she is not going to tolerate him kicking on her with spurs on and all these things. So I sometimes I catch myself being a little bit, you know, snappy at people because it's your kid and you don't want to be criticized about your kid. And so, you know, when I try to not be snappy about it, then I get those kind of comments and I try to explain that, you know, he knows how to use them and that's a tool that we have. And the younger he learns to use them, the better. Um, so sometimes I'll get people kind of send me a private message afterwards, like, oh, thank you for explaining you know, what those are for. I just see this little boy with giant spurs on. And so I try to do it in a way that at least we can have a discussion and, you know, not just be like, well, look, that's what we use and it is what it is. Uh, But sometimes I do get a little bit snappy at them because people can be so rude and it's hard to, you know, always 
explain gracefully what what your lifestyle is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that's it. That just comes from the territory of having a Western page. Any any page with cowboys, yeah. want to get people who um who have their have their sayings, and most of the time. It's people who have no idea what a horse is. Exactly. Yes. I've been around a horse who's never done anything with a horse, and usually those are the the animal right activists, social media. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a. Uh, I've I've learned I've learned that, and so I whenever I explain the way that I I make it where I don't snap at them is. I don't even respond to. I respond to their comment, and I and I and I respond to like re, like I reply directly. To them, but I mostly put it for anyone else who reads there. Yeah. So I respond to the. I don't respond to the person who put the comment because nine times out of ten, I'm not about to change their mind in one comment. Yes. Uh-huh. So I explanation explaining it to anyone else who reads their comment. Mm-hmm. To read my comment and realize, okay, this person. Um, obviously, no horses because he just explained it clearly of of what because mm-hmm. you're gonna get that's just what you're gonna get and people don't realize that spurs actually are more humane than a barefoot like just just having a heel because if you get a horse because if you get a horse that just is lazy or doesn't want to move you have a heel instead of having to all of your might. Like instead of having to kill yeah. with all of your might, that spur is just gonna like you just have to put a little pressure with that spur to, to get that horse to to decide to walk yeah. and and things like that. And a lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. um, that birds are actually a tool to make you have a lighter lighter ride on your horse, a lighter foot on your horse versus yes, exactly much pressure on your horse. Yeah, if he were to kicking her with. His spurs, Jabiter, I mean, she'd dump him in a second. She's not going to tolerate that whatsoever. Um, we didn't have many, many miniature horses are 10 times worse than, like, like, yeah. like, like they, make up, they make up in their size with their attitude. So. Oh, for sure. I mean, they have no idea how little they are. Yeah. So, guarantee that, like, a miniature horse is for sure never going to let. <laughs> we, we had this one uh, mini paint. And we called him John. He was a stallion, and he wanted to fight every horse on the like every horse in the wanted to fight. He, everybody else is sixteen, and he was running up to him like trying to start something. And, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, trying to start, just trying to start trouble with him. So that's the one thing about miniature horses is miniature horses are not um they they like look at them and be like oh they're mini so they're like. They're precious and, and they're mm-hmm. like, treated like like with extra love and, and compared to the regular horse, but it's like now nah, miniature horses are way worse than a than a full size horse. <laughs> yes, they definitely teach kids a lot of lessons. And- yeah. So then, so then, tell us a little bit more about your daughter's story. So my daughter has just been horse crazy since the beginning. I mean, just, she's just drawn to animals in general, but especially horses. Um, Just the kindest little girl you ever be around. And so she's been through a lot because of Wayland's condition really affects her as well. You know, especially 
she was four when he was born. And so to just kind of get pulled out of everything and she just really adapted to our new lifestyle of, you know, hardly getting to see family. She didn't get to see her friends, no birthday parties, no ballet, you know, she couldn't go anywhere basically. And, you know, and I was on edge all the time because I was so worried about Waylon and what was going to happen with him. And, you know, was today going to be the day that he turned blue and we would have to rush to the hospital. And so she just, she was really adapted. And I'm just so grateful for what a kind little person she is. She made things a lot easier because had she, you know, been upset and throwing fits and then I, you know, I'm running this way or trying to keep up with him and dealing with her. And she just really adapted to what we had to go through. Um, and she always looks out for him. She's just such a good big sister. And so now that she's gotten a little bit older, she's kind of really getting into the um, ranch versatility stuff and the quarter horse shows. I mean, we've tried to convert her to being a little rodeo kid, but I don't know that that's the route she's going to go. She loves the cow horse stuff and she hasn't really been as interested in roping as Waylon, but she's kind of starting to, she can rope the dummy good and loves to be out there with us. So she'll run out there and, you know, slap a heel shot on the dummy and then just walk off and go play with her cats or something. And we always try to keep her in there with us. But um, yeah, I'm not sure if she'll go the rodeo route ever i'm trying to get her into it but she just really loves the core horse shows and we're kind of in between horses um on her now because we had to retire her old horse and you know so we're kind of looking for something for her to be able to get to go show and last year she got to do a few of the ranch versatility shows and she was just hooked she won her first buckle in a 18 and under um trail class so that was pretty exciting we're super proud of her. I mean, she's just such a little horseman already. She is turning 10 next month also. So I've got two kids a week apart and two weeks before Christmas. So it gets kind of intense in December, way too many presents. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. And so nine years old Mm -hmm. was probably eight last year when she won a buckle in a 18 and under. Yeah. Yes. So she had just turned, she had just turned nine, I think, because it was at the beginning of the year. Uh, Yeah. 18 under. And it was, so it was a ranch versatility, which is, I mean, there's jumps and bridges and logs and all these things. And it was in an extreme trail. So it was even harder than the typical trail. I mean, she had to do a pattern and then learn it backwards. And I mean, it was amazing. And there was 18 year olds in the class and they came up to me afterwards and were like, your daughter is such a little horseman and we can't wait to see what she does in two years or, you know, by the time she's 12. Uh, so we're excited about her future with it. And um, she just loves it. It's so fun to watch. I mean, she's gone through, she's had some issues with horses. I mean, she got bucked off and it just really shook her confidence. And so to see her come back from that and just go for it. I mean, she's, she's out there and just enjoying every minute of it, minute of it. And it's like, the best thing to watch your kid find something that they're passionate about, especially so early. Yeah. And one thing, one thing I really loved about you guys' page is watching them two together. Um, <laughs> and especially after I found out his story and everything. Mm-hmm. And I know that like you guys have to put a lot of attention into him. Um, mm-hmm. she, it's like, she also puts 
a lot of attention in her. It's like she also, yeah. like you just said, how she doesn't, how how she prefers to play with her cats. But on the videos, I see her pony and his pony so that he can get like the first ride on them and he can hop on them and, and things like that. And I see them riding together and 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 things like that. And so that was one thing that I really loved about the page is watching them do do it together. Um, whenever. Yeah. Whenever they were, I think it was a chestnut that you guys had or something. It was like, it was a miniature horse. I can't remember if it was a mm -hmm. chestnut, but it was yeah. a miniature horse. And I saw like her pony in it while he was like hopping on it, um, <laughs> like get around and everything. And just watching like those videos, like it shows how much she loves her brother and how much um, they both look up, look up to each other. Um, yeah. One of the key parts of friendship is is something like that. Yeah, I would say probably ninety five percent of the time they get along really well, as long as you know their car seats aren't too touched, too close together, you know whatever it is. But outside of the car, they get along really good, and they just have such a special little bond. And you know, having her not be in school last year because everything got shut down just kind of really gave them an opportunity to really ride together a lot more and just i mean they'll they'll take off together on their big horses and just go right in the arena and next thing you know they're playing tag and jumping over little jumps and all you hear is giggling um uh, in the arena it's just it's so fun to watch them together yeah and and, and i mean they wouldn't be si they wouldn't they wouldn't be siblings who love each other if they didn't also fight. So <laughs> exactly, yeah. So you need that five percent. Yeah, I got the wrong kid. <laughs> That's what sometimes I think. Yeah, it's like, what is happening? Good grief. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my next question is: with his condition and his cowboying, what do the doctors say about uh, about that? How do they how do they react when? When they hear about like him riding these horses and him roping and him doing all of this stuff, when they said that he might turn blue, um, and mm -hmm. uh, need to treat him, treat him more gentle. So how do they, how do they see it now? Um, we have a really good cardiologist, and he is very supportive of our lifestyle. Um, right now, Waylon has no restrictions, but as he gets older, it might change, and so. He really wants to ride bulls and really wants to ride saddle bronc. And I don't know that he would ever get cleared to do something like that. I mean, as a baby, his chest was wired shut. Um, and it's just an added, you know, danger, I guess you could say. And so I don't know that he would ever get the okay from his cardiologist to do rough stock events. Um, our cardiologist did mention that he's got a couple rodeo kids that he sees. I don't know if they have the same condition um as Waylon but I just kind of think like who knows maybe one day Waylon will be the first cowboy at the NFR that has tetralogy of fallow um I, it doesn't slow him down now and we don't know what the future will hold but every year we see the cardiologist I mean he's just always praising at how great his heart looks and how the muscles are working as they should and things are happening right so it's kind of one of those things that we don't know how it's going to turn out. Um, but he's very optimistic that he won't have restrictions. Um, maybe at like a varsity level, if he were to play baseball or whatever sport, he would have to be able to listen to his body and know, okay, I've kind of pushed it to my limit. I need to take a rest. I need to take a break. My heart's working really hard right now. And it's kind of going to be one of those things that he's going to have to learn 
to handle himself and know, okay, I need to slow down a little bit or he may not. I mean, he may just be able to go full blast all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to think about the fact that he is going to have to have another surgery. And as he gets older, like how, how in the world am I going to explain that to him? It's mm-hmm. kind of one of those things that's in the back of your mind, but you don't really want to think about until the time comes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always kind of used the analogy that our, our heart condition that he has, it, they're called a CHD. So a congenital heart defect. Our CHD is kind of like this, hibernating bear that's always in the background and each year we kind of go up to it see if it's still going to stay asleep or if it's going to wake up and then kind of spiral things out of control again and each year that we get another clearance from the doctor is just something we're so grateful for and so thankful for um i mean this condition has all different ranges kids are like him where they just live a very normal life and then there's kids that are very restricted and don't get to do as much. Um, it's just kind of one of those things that's a really variable dependent on the child itself. Yeah. And, and it'll be him through his whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I can't help but wonder if maybe like his cowboy and actually helps it like the, like helps his, like because he, you have to put a lot of energy and everything. And I mm-hmm. wonder if he exercises it um, a lot. Like, like, Growing up, I had, like, and and even till now, like I have something. They don't know why it happens, but um, at random moments, my heart swells up. Um, oh wow! Mm-hmm. And then, like sometimes, like it'll get to the point where, like, if I stand up too fast, like I'll go blind for like a couple of seconds. And yeah. I lose. Uh, like I can't touch anything, and they mm-hmm. tested it over and over again. They don't know why it happens. They just know it happens. Um, mm-hmm. It usually happens. But- breaks from the from from like the ranch or whatever it's when like it starts to kick in like when I start slowing down for some reason yeah. um and so I wonder I wonder if like his cowboy and actually it just helps him like it's just helping him heal heal a lot better I, that's that's exactly what we say I mean your heart is a muscle and so the more you use it and the more it's pumping you would just think the stronger it's going to be. And so, I mean, when he's out there chasing down his ponies or, you know, trying to rope a donkey, one of the little miniature donkeys in the field, his heart is always working and he's always kind of pushing it. And so that's kind of what we say is that the fact that he's so busy and so, you know, he's just out there doing things all the time that it's got to affect him somehow positively, you know, rather than if you were to sit inside and, you know, play video games all day or whatever, just being outside constantly on the move has got to, has got to keep his heart going. I would yeah. imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. Cause that's what, that's what I've always said is like, like, cause the doctors, they'll, they'll tell me sometimes like, Oh, well, you should probably take a break. I was like, well, I was taking a break when this happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <take> a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think some people just need to keep on going. Like yeah, no, no slowing down. Mm-hmm. And that's so definitely then, how we so do. Yeah. So then has he done any any competitions? Yes. So this was his first year getting to actually junior rodeo because everything got shut down last year. Um, and he ended up for his organization that he was in, he ended up in the top 10 in all of his events, which was just so amazing. I mean, it, it's, for me, I get all choked up watching him do the stick horse race or running down and getting the ribbon off the goat because 
the fact that his times are similar to all the kids his age just means a lot to me. The fact that it's not slowing him down. And, you know, most of them probably don't even know that he's got the big scar under his button up shirt because he doesn't ever use it as an excuse. He's just out there going. And it's just, I don't know. This is like those little kind of events always get to me um, watching him do them. And then of course the roping, that's just his, that's his thing. Like he, the other day, we were, the other day we were in the car and just out of nowhere, he tells me, you know, I just want to be the best roper in the world. And I'm like, you know, just keep on working. I mean, someone's got to do it. So maybe it'll be you. And he just has the drive and the passion. I mean, he'll be outside at six thirty, seven in the morning, just roping the dummy. Um, or he'll come home from, you know, he started kindergarten this year, which has been quite a change in lifestyle for him. You know, we had lots of rules we had to explain to him before kindergarten. Like you can't just walk up and go outside, no peeing outside, like just trying to get him a little less feral for kindergarten. And so he goes to school for half the day and he comes back. And the first thing he does is pick up his rope and just go rope the dummy for probably 10 minutes. And it's like his way of decompressing and just kind of getting back into his routine. And so he's been to, um, a few dummy ropings outside of his junior rodeo association and he's come home with three buckles. So that's pretty incredible. And one of the, the junior rodeo or the little dummy ropings that he did, his dad actually won the same buckle there. Like, I don't know, 20 something years ago, more, I guess more than 20 years ago, quite a while ago. So it's kind of neat that they've got the same, the same buckle. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're trying to get them to all the ones that we can around here, but um, there's not really a whole lot in our area, unfortunately. So we're kind of always making the drive and we're kind of toying around with the idea of going to Vegas for the NFR and taking him to the world championship dummy roping um, just to get over there and see what happens. Yeah. Well, if y'all, if y'all get to the NFR, we'll be there the second weekend. Um, oh, awesome. That- we'll, we'll definitely have to. That's, that's when we're trying to go. Oh, that's perfect. So, yeah, so if y'all go, we'll definitely get together uh, while you guys are there. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah. So then, we'll keep you posted. Um, yeah. So then my next question, um, so then my next question, or actually, uh, whenever you say, like, I'm roping, I was thinking about, so I, I go up, uh, I go up a lot with Nobach uh, um, to rope with him. Um, oh, gosh, yeah. So and so he's uh, the son of Allenbach. Uh, yeah, they got a place. They're only about two hours away. Allenbach won the NFR. Uh, he's a four-time world champion. Um, yeah. And so he's I go. One of his dummies. Oh really? Oh yeah. So, yeah. so I'm actually going to be with Joel, and he just called me yesterday and asked me to come up. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Uh, him and him and Megan, and so, but I'm, I go up there like all the time with them. And one thing he always talks about is how good or how how every year it seems like the roper, the the champions are getting younger and younger. And he's like, it's because yeah. he's like, it's because if you look at the kids nowadays that are cowboying, he's like, they always have a rope in their hand. He's like, they yeah. you don't see his like he's like, so by the time they get to the age where they can qualify for the NFR and everything, they had a rope in their hand their entire life. It's, it's all he knows. Mm-hmm. He's like, so that's why like the winners are getting younger and younger for everything because they just always have a rope in their hand. And it just makes me think about Waylon. Like, yeah, every time I see him on, on there, 
always got a rope. If he don't got a rope in his hand, he got a horse on it. Like he's, he's yeah. Got a horse in it. So, yeah. We went to <laughs> we went to a ranch rodeo a few months ago, and you know I'm. I work for a horse ranch and she has a lot of clients that go to shows and stuff. So I was kind of helping get things set up and the kids were kind of doing their own thing. And, you know, we couldn't really find Waylon. We weren't sure where he went. We'd walk around and, you know, he's got a whole group of adults that he's standing there roping the dummy with that they're just in awe of him. I mean, he's standing there in his little red vans and swinging his rope. And next thing you know, I mean, they're all cheering for him. And I mean, he just makes, he makes friends wherever he goes. And it's always because he has a rope in his hand and he's not afraid to just walk up and start roping someone's dummy with them. And mm-hmm. I mean, he won't say a word at first. He's kind of shy, and, but he'll just stand there and swing his rope until they invite him or he'll just walk up and start doing it himself. And so, I mean, he just had this whole little crowd of adults, mostly adults that he was roping with. And I mean, they walk by and ask about him all weekend and, you know, see if he could come rope with them again. And it's just so funny to see. I mean, that's just his claim to fame. I guess like he just always has a rope and it's just such a, a neat thing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely something that like you, you don't usually see, you don't usually see like his skill level. You don't usually see <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's definitely he's definitely something special because i've been teaching like my nephews to rope mm-hmm. um, my nephew just turned five and he's he he shocked me because um, <laughs> or like his first time i put a rope in his hand and we just i just set up set up his loop set up his mm-hmm. loop, and he just he just catches like he just <laughs> perfectly catches every time and i'm like it took me too long throw this rope at this yeah every single time awesome. and i tried to make it challenging i put him in a saddle i put him mm-hmm. on catching it and catching it and i'm like these <laughs> are just like they're they're a completely different animal yeah <laughs> but yeah so then um so then what what do you feel like you have any any setbacks or pe- any people who who know about his condition that think he shouldn't be doing it and, and 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 things like that? Have you have have you or him or actually before I ask that question, how does he feel about his condition? You, you know, I don't think that he would say much about it. Like, um, he gets he gets irritated about having to go to the doctor. And so it bothers him that he has to see an extra doctor that most kids don't have to see. And so he'll say, why doesn't my sister have to go see this one? So then I have to explain to him that, you know, his, excuse me, his doctor just has to keep an eye on his heart. And it's just kind of the way he was born. We don't really like spend a lot of time saying, oh, you have a special heart or anything. We just kind of explain to him that his heart just needs a little extra attention and that that's what this doctor does is just kind of keeps an eye on it. And so he notices a scar. And for a while, sometimes he's kind of self-conscious about his scar, like, you know, going to the beach or going to swim with other people. Sometimes he won't take a shirt off. And I'm not really sure like where that stemmed from. And as he's gotten a little bit older, he kind of seems a little bit more free about it. Um, but I don't know, like now that he is older around kids that will probably start asking questions. I don't, I always wonder what he would say to them mm-hmm. if someone asks, like, Oh, where did that big scar come from? Um, but he doesn't really say much about it overall. And 
we really try to not constantly talk about it or bring it up. And, you know, I haven't explained to him that he's going to have to have another surgery. I just, he is such a warrior and he's such an overthinker. And so I feel like he would just probably bring it up to me every day and ask like, well, when is it going to happen? And this and that. So he probably doesn't know as much about his heart condition um, as you would think, I guess. Mm -hmm. And he's seen pictures of himself as a baby in the hospital and so he's kind of like, oh, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> like, that's usually his reaction is just like, oh, oh, my goodness. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he doesn't know a whole lot about it. Yeah. So then how, how does your, how does, uh, like, the community, uh, like, how is he treated in the community with his car? Like, as far as, like, rodeo or anything, do you guys, like, have to tell the rodeo people about his condition when you, when you, applied like entered him no that one doesn't have anything i think if you were to play baseball or something that kind of has more of an in-depth um registration process Mm -hmm. so as far as the rodeos go i don't know that i mean other than the parents that know us personally i don't think most people know about it um and we don't really he has such a supportive community i mean just from family and friends and everyone just has always been so over the top supportive, which makes me feel like I always try to find ways to give back to that feeling. Um, You know, it's just to have so many people with such kind words always, and just make me feel like I'm not alone in this journey has been incredible. And so for me to reach out to other families and do what I can to just kind of help share our experience and, the good and the bad of it. Um, that's kind of my way of giving back, I guess, and trying to repay and pay it forward the kindness that we have received. And I mean, when his, when his, um, yearly visits come up, I have a really hard time. Like we live on this kind of leash where we get to go so far and not think about his heart condition. And then that time of year, we're kind of pulled back and it's like, Oh, right you know, we are a heart family. We do have a child with a congenital heart defect and you can only go so far without thinking about it. And so prior to his appointments, I usually have, I have a very hard time. I get very anxious. And um, even though he looks so good on the outside, you just never know what things look like on the inside. So leading up to it, I just am so lucky to have such a great support system. And I really found that, um, talking about it through my posts has been very beneficial to me. And it's so much easier for me to write about how I'm feeling and put it out there than to have like a one-on-one conversation about it. Or even this is like stepping out of my comfort zone so much because I just, I like to write about it. And, you know, we've had a couple magazine articles and stuff about him and what we've gone through. And so I don't mind sharing the feelings that I've had leading up to this and, talking about it mm-hmm. but like it's usually written in a post where I could just kind of sit and think about it and process it and so to just talk about it sometimes isn't always the easiest thing to do thank you for for coming on and talking about it with me <laughs> yeah it's, it's been a little bit easier than I thought it was going to be <laughs> yeah so then um so so with everything that that like your family has been through with everything that um like Waylon's been through um, with you guys not knowing, not knowing, not having a for sure future of of what he'll be able to do, but knowing he has like such big goals. 
what would be your advice um, to just parents out there, other parents out there who are struggling with that, who they they have a kid who really, really has really big goals. Like Waylon, he wants to be a big rider. He wants to, to, to ride Bronx. And, but you, you don't really know if he can. And so what would be your advice to the parents who are, are just going through certain situations? You know, I would tell them, like, you kind of, as much as you want to just keep your kid in this little safe space, you have to let them explore and you have to let them struggle and you have to let them try. I mean, if you just keep them locked up, you know, so to speak, they're never going to reach any potential that they that they want to reach. And so I listened to an interview um, after Sean White won one of his Olympic gold medals and he just really uh, credited his success to his parents and the fact that his mom just let him try and let him go out there and fail and win and fail and win and didn't limit what he had to do, you know, just because he has a heart condition it doesn't, it doesn't have to be what defines them. And it doesn't have to be exactly how they live their life based on it. And it's hard to say because it's such a variable. And I mean, there are kids that just aren't able to do as much as they would like to do just because they do have restrictions and their body just can't quite keep up with that. So, I mean, it's a, it's a fine line of knowing how much your kid can really do and when to kind of draw the line. But for us, I mean, he wants to be a cowboy. He wants to rope. And that's what makes him happy. And, you know, what is life for other than trying to be happy and trying to find your passion and, you know, trying to be successful in whatever that way is to you. So, you know, let your kids try to do the sports and maybe if they're not into sports, find something that they are passionate about and something that excites them. Um, I would just say, like, go for it. And, you know, for us, the horse thing is so time consuming and you know, there's days where it's like, gosh, I just want to be done riding. I don't want to ride another horse, but you know, they're still wanting to ride. So it's like the extra couple hours at the barn. Um, you just do it for your kids and just do what you can to help them be a successful adults. And you find things like this, like horses and ranching and stuff is just going to really in the long run, you know, make them better citizens and better people and teach them responsibility and, um, it's just such a lifestyle that comes with it. And I feel like I'm getting off topic. You're not. I have a, I have a, some friends here who live here. Um, and they, they have a couple of horses. Um, he used to rope and everything, but, uh, they're, they have a daughter named Allison and she, when she was born, she was diagnosed with, um, she was diagnosed with, I forget what she was diagnosed with, but it's, it doesn't have a cure until so they just mm -hmm. it. Um, and she, they just was posting because she, um, they just posted it yesterday because the doctors told them that she wouldn't make it to five years old. Um, oh gosh. And then they were like, if she makes it past 10 mm -hmm. and, and she, she's made it past, uh, she's made it past five already. And she's, one of the it's, it's because whenever we go over there the horses like they they let her be with the horses and it's funny because all of their horses even the horses that like are the crazy horses like the horses that i'm throwing them off a million times they're so gentle with her it's just the craziest thing ever like they come down to her she, she can walk up to any horse on their ranch even the crazy horses and, they don't, and, and hand feed them 
Mm-hmm. And there's horses that won't hand feed, like, and like, like they had a stud named Apollo who like was crazy, and and, and he worked with her like perfectly fine. He he like Galan um, their horse, but I that's the reason I bring them up is because I think they'll really appreciate this story, um, of like and and that advice that you're that you're giving because they've been dealing with it for for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that they that they struggle with is um like it's their baby girl. So they yeah. Whenever she's out there with the horses, whenever she's out there, but they're right. Like whatever makes them happy is what you what you have to give them, especially if it's something that you like if it's something that you can't fix, um, whether whether you keep them in the bubble or not, you might as well give them give them the best the best as you can yeah. like just in case like something something doesn't happen you don't want to keep them in the mm-hmm. for, for the life that they have yes exactly i mean you just gotta let them get out there and get dirty and try things and i mean just for us it's just giving them this childhood of kind of being in the west i mean you don't think of california always as cowboys and whatnot but we've always lived in rural california and um so yeah, just getting outside and getting dirty. Like when we first got Wayland's diagnosis, I asked the cardiologist, like, do we sell our animals? Do we keep them inside? And he said, no, you know, let them get outside, let them experience the dirt and build up antibodies. And so I feel like that's why he stayed so healthy because he is outside and, you know, we're not just enclosed and away from germs all the time. I mean, he's out there in the dirt, playing with the horses, playing with the dogs, and it's just so good for their immune systems as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I, I agree. Yeah. So then, um, is there is there any quotes that that he said? Like, is there anything that he always says that just that that lets you know how happy he is? That lets you know that he that cowboying is what he's gonna he's gonna do always. I mean, if you ask him, like, what is he gonna be or what is he gonna do? It's always I'm gonna be a cowboy. I am a cowboy. You know, that's what he is. What he wants to do and he did not want to go to kindergarten. I mean, he did not want to go to school whatsoever. He was totally against the idea. I mean, like we, we joked around that he was like barely even halter broke and we're about to send him off to the trainer. Like he was not ready for it. He felt like he wasn't ready for it, you know, to give up his freedom. And so he just would always tell us that cowboy team ropers don't need to go to school. (laughs) So that was like, that was his thing for a long time. And I mean, he does a really good job at school. We get, you know, nice remarks from his teacher, which is always surprising sometimes because I just worry about how feral he is at, you know, but he just would rather be outside doing cowboy stuff than inside sitting at a desk. But yeah, that was his biggest thing for a long time was cowboy team rovers don't need to go to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so then my, my, my last question is just, how do you balance it all? Like, how do you, how how do you balance it? Because you also still have to balance. Like, you have a, a healthy kid who you don't want to mm-hmm. feel, you don't want her to feel neglected. Um, yeah. You also have a kid who needs more than more than the attention, so it can't be a 50-50 attention thing just because he needs a little bit more because of his his condition. So then, how do how do you? your husband like how do you guys balance it all? how do you guys get through it every single day day by day you know luckily 
where we've gotten now with Wayland's condition, it's not on the forefront of our mind like it was at the beginning. At the beginning, I felt like it consumed me. It's all I could think about. Um, I Googled everything. I researched everything and just overwhelmed myself. And kind of gradually, as we've gotten farther from his surgery and just kind of in a normal life, we don't really dwell on it as much on a daily basis. Um, there are times where definitely, you know, we have to think about it and have to prepare and, you know, the visits coming up and we need to know if things are not going to be what we're hoping for. Like, how are we going to be ready for that? So I don't, it's kind of a hard question to answer, but I don't feel like we, we try to not make him the center of attention all the time. You know, we're so proud of our daughter as well. And so hopefully if you ask them, they would not have much to say about it, that they feel like normal kids, you know, that's kind of our main goal is to just not make it be something that they have to think about all the time, which isn't always easy to hide stuff like that, you know, those kind of feelings from your kids. Um, but I mean, it's a lot. And so now I work for a horse ranch and thank goodness it's kind of given us an extra venue, I guess, to go get things done and kind of step away from what we were experiencing. And it's really opened the door to allow my kids to get to ride some really nice horses. And that's where we keep their ponies and they've got arenas to ride in and, you know, pastures to go out in. And so I feel like that's kind of more of our focus um, and kind of been a big distraction. I mean, I found this ranch shortly after Wayland's surgery, maybe a year after his surgery. And I was feeling really disconnected from everything. Like I kind of felt like I lost a lot of myself in his diagnosis and in his surgery and, you know, not really knowing kind of where our future was headed. And as things got better and I felt like there was kind of a bright light at the end of our tunnel that we're progressing and um, getting back to something normal, getting to go back into the horse world has really helped me as a parent and just as a person in general. I mean, I've always had a job that dealt with horses. And so that time period where I kind of felt lost. Like I was just taking care of a kid that scared me basically. I mean, I was so terrified of something happening to him. Um, you know, a few years or a year before Waylon was born, we had lost my younger brother in a car accident. And so when we got Waylon's diagnosis, it felt like kind of a slap in the face, like, Oh my gosh, we just got through such a tragedy. And I remember telling the cardiologist and the pediatrician at the time, like I just watched my mom very her, her son and I am not ready to do the same thing. Like, what are you guys telling me? I need to know. And then that's when they kind of started telling us that there is a surgery and you know, that a child like him still has a great future ahead of them and a long, long life. Like there's still a possibility of a very long, normal life. And so that was kind of a hard thing to get past. You know, you just get so scared and you worry about your children. Um, I mean, you just want the best for them. And so it's scary to hear something that is so life altering. And so it kind of, you know, going back to the horses and whatnot, that has kind of been like our saving grace. And that's just getting to go back out in kind of a Western lifestyle again. And, you know, my kids get to ride horses and they're outdoors and doing the things that they love. And I'm also getting to ride horses and kind of feeling relevant in the horse world again. And um, so it's kind of a combination of all of that that gets us through our daily life and makes us just feel like, um, like a normal family. I mean, you know, that's, I don't feel like anyone looks at us any differently or, 
I hope that they don't treat him any more special than they would any other kid. I mean, he's, he is who he is. <laughs> and um, we try to not let it be something that we lead with all the time. I mean, it's hard because I am very open about it and I do talk about it a lot, but it's more to just let people know that they're not alone. And I don't mind sharing our story and, you know, going through the whole surgery process was one of the hardest things ever. You're just handing your little baby over to basically strangers and hoping that they come back to you in a few hours. And, you know, I've said that by his surgeon kind of unplugging his heart that day, it kind of restarted our lives. It gave us a chance to come back into like a normal, normal atmosphere and just kind of thrive from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's very important to what you, what you said at the beginning and then you reiterated a couple of times is that um, not making them the center of attention. And I think, I think that's very important for a kid with, with, with uh, any type of condition. Yeah. Um, because when you make them the center of attention, that's, that's when they start feeling like they're always like, whenever they go out, all yeah. on them. Mm -hmm. they're at home all eyes is always on like where's Wayland? make sure Wayland don't, mm -hmm. do, don't do that but he's watching yeah. his do the stuff um over and over so not not putting a big emphasis on his condition also helps him to to even forget a lot of the time that he yeah. not make it where it's not on his mind 24 7. Mm -hmm. i think a lot of parents i think that's very important for um, a lot of parents to hear is that Make it like like even though you're doing it out of out of love for your child, making them the center of attention all the time is causing them to be nervous to go out. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Feel comfortable because they feel like they're because they're being taught at home that they're always going to be the center of attention. So then when they go places, they 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 have to wonder they're getting special treatment because of their condition or this and that. But if you treat them, if you, you, I mean, you're still going to focus on the fact that they have a, a, a special condition that they need a little bit more um, attention than, than, your, than your other kids, but not making it to where it's overdone to where they yeah. is, is, I think, very important for them to be become individuals themselves. Yeah, I mean, I never want his sister to resent him or feel like everything is always about him. Mm -hmm. um, she's, had, she's had to go through a lot. And I mean, it's hard for a four-year-old to grasp that your brother is going to the hospital for a few days. And I mean, it definitely has impacted her as well. And so we just try to keep things positive and just keep them doing things and busy and, you know, just, yeah, it's just not like what we think about all the time or, you know, at the beginning it definitely was, but now that we've kind of been through it a little bit longer it's just kind of easier to not dwell on it all the time mm -hmm. yeah and so um i got a question of so what's your goal because you are like you you stated you're very open um on telling people about his condition but you're also very open on showing what he can do with his condition so what is your goal um with that because you're very you're perfectly balanced and saying he has this condition but look what look what he's doing with it. Mm -hmm. your goal with, with his story i mean my goal is to just make other parents with kids with heart conditions similar to his just know that they're not alone and that 
there are kids out there thriving and doing well and to not just turn to Google and not turn to the sad, scary stories because they are out there. But, you know, Heart Warrior kids are just as tough as they come. These kids have been through a lot. They go through a lot. It's a the majority of them have a condition that will follow them throughout their whole life. And so they will always have to see a specialist. So always have to be monitored. And so for me, it's talking about what it was like to go through surgery and to see your kid hooked up to all these tubes and, you know, with a, they go in there with no scar and they come out with a scar. And so for me, it's to just let other families know that they're not alone. I mean, as lonely as it feels, there are a lot of people that are going through it. I mean, they say that there's about one out of every 100 kids has some form of heart defect. And so the ultimate goal, I guess, with either our free range fairy tale or the warrior way page is to just give people um, a chance to see kids thriving um, with their, with a heart condition. And I try to be easy to reach. So if if someone messages me and says, look, my son is about to go into surgery, I am really scared. Then I will talk them through it and just be kind of a sounding board for them to share their fears or scares or, you know, um, that's like, I guess that's ultimately the goal. I mean, someday I would love to start a nonprofit um, for other heart families. And I mean, because you just never know how long you're going to be in the hospital and there's just so many expenses so eventually we would love to turn the warrior way into some kind of nonprofit. I mean, when we first got his diagnosis, we had a lot of people that wanted to donate to us because we didn't know how long my husband would be out of work during his surgery. And so we came up with the t-shirt design for the warrior way and sold a lot of t-shirts and hats and kind of used that to get us by for the time that he was taken off work. But I mean, I would like to go back to that eventually and just kind of find a way to, start a nonprofit and just kind of help other heart families dealing with it. And doesn't, you know, they don't all have to be in the cowboy world, just find a way to connect to people that way as well. Does he have some favorite cowboys? Well, his favorite bronc rider is Casey field, which I mean, I, I'm not really sure what drove him, like got him so hooked on him, but when he was watching the NFR reruns, he could always spot Casey field. Like, even though Waylon's more into roping, he still just had this fascination with this bronc rider. Um, and so watching them on any show, he could always point out where, which one was Casey. And it was always so funny to me that for whatever reason, that's kind of the guy he was drawn to. And I don't know that he has a favorite roper. He just loves to watch roping and he just enjoys it and just surrounds himself with it as much as he can. I mean, he'll pick up a rope and go rope with anybody that he could find. And at that time, that's his favorite roper. <laughs> like whoever is sitting there at the dummy with him, you know, he enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then um, for, for the people listening, um, for the people listening in that, that want to know more about Wayland's story, that wants to know more about you guys, or that are going through something similar and they want to talk to you about it and ask you, ask you about it. And like that, where can they find you? Where can they find you? Um, the most specific site for Wayland Story has been The Warrior Way on Facebook, um, but it's integrated a lot in our Free Range Fairy Tale um, Instagram account as well. You know, I talk about his story there also, and that one I kind of include a lot more of him and his sister, and that one kind of centers more around their kind of cowboy lifestyle. But either one, I'll totally reach out to anybody either way, and, you know, I 
love to hear from people that just need to talk about it or, um, or have questions or if they have questions, I'm totally open to answering stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. And for all the listeners, I'm going to include uh, both of the links to the Facebook and the Instagram within this uh, description of this podcast. So you can go down and get the correct of both websites so that you guys can reach out to her. So thank you so much for coming on here and chatting with me for this uh, little bit of time and telling us a little bit about you guys' story. Hopefully we'll yeah. see you in two weeks at the NFR um, if you guys make it. But thank you so much for giving me this time. Yeah, thank you for having me.